Hi everyone and welcome to our next podcast. This is on unit 2.2 which is the characteristics of skillful movement. Uh, Our learning objectives from the lesson was to understand the characteristics of skillful movement. Our success criteria we looked at being able to explain what motor skills are, describing the characteristics of skillful movement and being able to apply examples of characteristics of skillful movement to sporting situations. So, let's start off with what motor skills are. A motor skill is a coordinated pattern of movements acquired through practice towards an intended outcome. These can use large muscle groups, which are characterised as gross motor skills, or fine movements, such as fine movement skills. For example, a gross motor skill will be something like kicking a rugby ball, whereas a fine motor skill will be something like uh, throwing a dart, or the fine motor skills required for shooting an arrow right at the centre of a target. What we also need to understand is a skillful movement. Skillful movements are a movement which has a predetermined objective and is accomplished with maximum efficiency and a minimum outlay of energy. This rings true when we actually look at top level performers who look completely unpressurized in any situation who look calm because everything that they're doing is maximally efficient and has a minimum outlay of energy so we look at a uh, a midfielder in football who kind of looks really really calm on the ball um, doesn't look ruffled by any kind of challenges you could go looking at like a, a gymnast completing a floor routine with maximum efficiency a minimum outlay of energy, someone who's practiced and practiced these skillful movements for this predetermined objective. Obviously, the, the predetermined objective is either the outcome at the end of the game or a routine or skill or um, just the, the actual the end of that skill happening, for example, kicking a ball. Skills are different from abilities as abilities are natural, whereas skills are learnt. You must have some ability to perform skills, but they are developed over a period of practice. There's a book, quite a famous uh, book, saying about 10,000 hours. That's supposed to be the amount of time that the average person needs to spend on a skill to become from uh, beginner to elite. Sports people must practice to enhance their abilities and produce a skilled performance. Skillful movement then has five characteristics. These are efficient, predetermined, coordinated, fluent and aesthetic. When we were in lesson we looked at a number of pictures and you were asked to kind of put next to these pictures uh, what, which one of the skilled movements, what, which one of the key terms you believe uh, went with them. The, the kind of the argument that goes with that is any skill or any skillful player providing skillful movement will show all of one of, some of, most of those things, uh, depending on uh, the situation. Skillful movement then, if we start off with efficiency. Skilled movements are efficient. This means the performer can complete the skill with no wasted energy. For example, hitting a ball when batting in cricket or a backhand when uh, playing a backhand shot in tennis. Skillful movement is predetermined. Skilled movements are predetermined. This means the performer 
will practice and perform the skill with the aim in mind. For example, a gymnast performing her routine before she starts. Skillful movement is coordinated. This means the performer displays excellent coordination to control the timing of the skill. We understand our, our definition of coordination, being able to use two or more body parts at any at one time. But we're now taking that a little bit further forward when we're looking at this within sports psychology and looking at the performer being able to control the timing of the skill. This can be uh, seen with a footballer jumping to strike the ball on the volley, um, uh, a bicycle kicking football, a uh, spike in volleyball. Uh, there's plenty of examples you can think of. Skillful movement also must be fluent. This means the performer is able to perform the skill that flows. For example, a rugby player picking up the ball and passing it in one fluid movement. You could actually argue uh, a rugby player throwing a dummy. You could think about a, uh, a squash player playing uh, a rally uh, without any breaks. Uh, so there are there a number of examples for that. And finally, aesthetic. Skilled moves are aesthetic. This means the performer makes the skill look good. Uh, for example, a dancer performing a pirouette in a routine, uh, a trampolinist uh, performing a somersault. They're trying to make it pleasing on the eye. Often what goes with uh, events which are uh, based in gymnastics, uh, things like trampolining and floor routines, that you will get uh, marks for artistic uh, development or arti artistic interpretation, which comes very closely with aesthetics, making it pleasing on the eye. Uh, someone whose routine is a lot more uh, focused, a lot more tidy, a lot more polished, will potentially gain uh, more marks in something like gymnastics or trampolining. But equally, you have to look at uh, uh, footballers, rugby players, uh, basketballers, netballers, athletes. If the skill looks good, often uh, the intended outcome is going to happen. So, a couple of exam style questions, and this, these are all for one mark. If you've got a pen and paper, try and answer them. If not, speak it out loud. Which one of the following is not a characteristic of skillful movement? Aesthetic, efficient, coordinated or unplanned? Again, another one for one mark. Which one of the following is a suitable definition of a motor skill? A, a learned movement response. B, a potential you are born with which pro produces actions. C, a fundamental action in sports performance. D, a response linked to mechanical advantage in sport. Number three, and this is for two marks. An overhead kick in football has one characteristic of skillful movement. For two marks, name and explain a characteristic of skillful movement that can be shown with an overhead kick in football. Okay, that's us for today then. So, um, please get in touch with us on the EP Instagram if you want to ask any questions. Also through this app, you can send voice notes if you want to ask any questions. I'm quite keen to do maybe a, a, a Q&A. We're obviously closer to exams, to formal exams, um, and kind of do a bit of a roundup, almost like, I suppose, like a phone-in. So, for those guys listening to this kind of uh, as soon as it's put to air, which is on the 26th of October... Uh, that'll be happening quite quite soon. 
For the current year 11s, this will be quite closely linked to the uh, exam that you're going to be doing when you come back. So, uh, so go make use of this. Uh, any of your revision notes, make sure you're getting in your book. Uh, but as I say, do get in contact with us on the PE Instagram if you want to ask any questions. And uh, see you next time. Thank you. Hi everyone and welcome back. This is our next podcast. We are looking still within the sports psychology unit, which is unit 2.2. And today we are going to look at the classification of skills. Our learning objective from the lesson was to understand the skills classification continuum. And some of our success criteria was being able to describe the two skills classification continuums, being able to correctly place practical examples on the continuums, and also being able to justify where the skills feature on the continuum. So let's get right in it. In the classification of skills, skills can be placed on a sliding scale called a continuum, an imaginary line that kind of goes on forever. A continuum is a visual guide to show where a skill fits in a specific category. For our GCSEPE, we need to be aware of the two continua. This is the difficulty continuum and the environmental continuum. First, let's look at the difficulty continuum. So from your notes within lesson, or if you're doing this uh, brand new, what we've got at one end is uh, where skills are very simple and at the other where they are very complex and any skills between them can then be plotted uh, as you would as if you were doing a a graph in maths. Um, You might have done new skills like these in geography lessons So this is a really, really good kind of crossover. The difficulty continuum with simple skills then are straightforward basic skills with hardly any decisions or judgments to make. These can be taught as a whole by repeating the skill over and over. An example from lesson was a handstand. Other examples you can think about are things like a side foot pass in football, um, a a pass in rugby league, there are a number of skills that you can use. Uh, bearing in mind, towards the more simple end, they are skills which are straightforward, so there's only really one outcome. It's not a, a multiple outcome kind of situation. Um, there's little judgments to make, and uh, you can teach it as a whole. So if you think of those from within your PE lessons, maybe lower down the school, um, you, you'll be able to kind of come up with some examples of that. Towards the complex end of the continuum then, these are skills which involve many decisions or judgments to be made. They have to be learned in stages, in parts. An example of this is a layup shot in basketball. I go, when I'm thinking about this part in our GCSE lesson, I go right back to teaching guys in year seven and year eight the layup in basketball, knowing that they've got to get uh, the approach the takeoff, the movement with the hand, and then kind of coming down effectively as to not hurt themselves. So they are a number of parts. Other examples you can think of in this uh, would maybe potentially be a cartwheel uh, in gymnastics, uh, maybe a somersault in trampolining, um, something like a, a serve in badminton, if you're thinking about both short and longer distance serves. Our next continuum we need to be aware of is the environmental continuum. The environmental continuum is labelled with open skills at one end 
and closed at the other. What we need to be aware of in these situations is open skills are one where uh, a lot of other stimuli can have effect on you. The picture from the lesson is a really good typification of that and that is a, a footballer playing a through ball to another footballer but with a number of defenders in the way. At the other end is a, a golfer, it's Tiger Woods hitting a, a, ball, a golf ball. Now that is a really really good example of a closed skill because there's very very little uh, other stimulus to kind of put him off and the further up uh, the, the more elite you become more skills become closed so you're able to block out irrelevant stimuli and only see what is relevant. Open skills then are affected by the environment, what is going on around them. When we talk about the environment we don't think about things like weather but what we can think about is other players, uh, the importance of the result, the um, spectators who are there, these is this sorry this is where a performer has to make a decision about the situation as in is that the right pass is it the right kick um are they the fans going to try and put me off often open skills are a lot lower down the continuum uh, for beginners as well beginners find most things quite open because they are uh, put off by irrelevant stimuli closed skills then are not affected by the environment remembering that the environment are the things around us. It involves less decision-making because it is a predictable environment. The performer can take their time to execute the skill. An example of this is a golf swing. So we look more uh, closed when we become more elite because you're more used to the environment. It's more predictable. The more times you're into that environment, the more chances you have at predicting the outcomes in that environment. Okay, so uh, only a little short one really today. Uh, I'd like to do a little bit more work on this podcast with you. So if you've got any questions about this, any uh, exam style questions, you feel like I can field your way. Uh, bearing in mind we, we've we got this kind of coming up on an exam very, very soon for the guys in year 11. Um, from my point of view, what I would think about from an exam is how this is going to be asked. Well, this is either a, a short answer or a medium order question. So it could be could ask you to um, rationalise, not plot, but rationalise where you would put a skill on a continuum. Um, I would also maybe look at an almost like an odd one out, uh, as in for you to be able to describe uh, the environmental continuum or the uh, difficulty continuum, being able to tell me, or as, a, as I say, an odd one out being a multiple choice question. As always, please get in touch on the EP Instagram or the Twitter if you want to ask any questions or come and see us over in the PE department. Okay, bye for now.